glory. You need to be able to look Satan in the eyes and say no to the cup of this world. That's what God was just telling me during worship. Can you be at the highest level of the universe and be offered the whole world and say no to Satan and still drink the cup of Jesus, having no understanding of what you're going to gain in God? Not even knowing, not even experiencing it, having really no idea of what God would even do for you, but you have the devil right in front of you offering you all the kingdoms of this world. If you just drink my cup, the cup of the flesh, Esau's bowl of soup. That's right where a lot of us are at. Or the whole world is offered you, but you say no, and you still drink the cup of the Lamb. And that's at the point that you enter the Garden of Eden. That's the gate of God. Every overcomer is tested continuously. And you got small tests, and you got big tests, and then you got great big tests. And these great big tests are being passed this season by the sons of God. It's beautiful. The whole world being offered glory and still denying the world and choosing Christ. You know what that means? Everything will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things will be added unto you. We've gone after God a little bit, but we haven't gone after the full prize. We haven't gone after the mark of the high calling. We haven't obtained it. There's no one in the charismatic church, really, that's even close. You have to drink your way up into heaven every day. And if you ever stop drinking the cup of the new covenant, you become a fading glory. You become compromised and worldly. You come into covenant with death. That's why everyone dies, because they stop drinking. They make a contract with a demon for an inheritance in the natural realm. 100% of the time, every person that's ever lived that's died. No exceptions. The only way you, do, you don't die is if you don't have a contract with a demon. That's how demonized the nations are, and it's not being harsh with you. It's 100% accurate. If you don't have no contracts, then Satan can't kill you. You'll live forever. Mm -hmm. How do you have no contracts? How do you not be worldly? You stay in the cup of the new covenant every day. We've been doing this 11 years. I watch people go in seasons where they'll be all in one season, all out the next season. They come back, they're all in, then they're all out. I mean, it's the greatest schizophrenia you've ever seen in your life, how people go in and out of the kingdom, in and out of faithfulness, in and out of the wine, in and out of the glory, in and out of the anointing, in and out of serving God and serving self, where they get a little bit of God and they use the oil for self. Most Christians that I've seen in my life, 13 years of full-time ministry, will use the oil for selfish purposes, for their own will. And, of course, you'll run out of oil because you're not generating any more oil because the only way you get infinite oil is if you do God's will and not your own. And God's will would prosper you more than anything you could provide for yourself. We just don't believe in God very much. We have to get our faith authored and perfected. When we get our faith authored and perfected, he gives you the oil without measure. Because you don't have any plans of your own. You don't have any cares, desires of your own. You'll never complain. Complaining only is a sign that you're not getting what you want. You're not supposed to have wants. You know, Psalms 23 says, They shall never be in want. If you still want, it's because you haven't died to your will. You haven't died to self. And that's a fun thing to do. It's only painful 
if you just insist on your own selfishness. It gets really enjoyable, it gets ecstatic, it gets pleasurable beyond imagination if you just finally die and yield to the Father in you and start doing His will and not your own. We struggle, we die, we suffer needlessly because of our own stubbornness and our own pride. That is like all of us. I mean, I've done it thousands of times. That's why I'm an expert in rebellion, an expert in disobedience. I mean, there's just nothing here I haven't seen before multiple times and haven't done myself. So there's so much grace for it, but it has to be exposed and it has to be revelated. It has to be taught. It has to be understood so that people can have a direction and a vision for going higher in the spirit and letting the carnal nature fall off their spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship God have to be in spirit and in truth. Meaning you can't serve God in the flesh. You can't have mixture. You can have a little taste of the glory, but you're going to have confusion if you haven't sacrificed your brain. Drinking the new wine will pull your brain right down into your belly. Out of your belly flows rivers. John 7:38. King James Version is the accurate truth. That's where the rivers come from. They come right from your spirit right between your hips and your birth canal, and you birth it out of your face. The curse of the fall was a depolarization so that the birth came down with gravity, with sin. But in the reverse of the curse and the resurrection, the river comes up in the birthplace of the spirit. That's where your spirit is, right in your birth canal. And it's dormant in there until you get revelation in your womb and you get stirred up in your holy place. We're reading Song of Songs 4, 13 and 14. All of these nine sacred spices are for your spirit, are for your holy place. You put them in your holy place, and then the pure in heart will see God. You put these right in your spirit, right in your womb. Men have wombs. Amen. Eve came out of Adam. So Adam had Eve in, in him, was exactly like God the Father, but then woman came out of man in the beginning. Holy. So what happens when you have Father back in you? Yes, Jesus in your heart, God the Creator. Now, this is spiritual. It has nothing to do with the flesh. But you got your womb back now, men. Now you can begin to birth the promises of the apple tree. You can begin to birth the river of life. Jesus had a womb, and from his womb, he manifested rivers that healed Israel. And now, through us, heal the nations. Birthing and travailing is not optional. You have to understand the plumbing of God in the temple of the Holy Spirit of your bodies. Why does Matthew 5 say the pure in heart see God? Or the pure in the holy place? Because if there's sexual immorality in you and perversion, even understanding Song of Songs pervertedly and sexually, you'll be so blocked up in your spirit, in your birth canal, in your womb, that your soul will never see the glory of the new covenant of the Father in you coming through you like a river. That's why you have to purify yourself from all sexual morality. And that doesn't mean you can't have fun with Song of Songs language. That's actually usually the best way to get people delivered. Because it will just cause all their stuff to manifest. They got it all in there. It's buried under religion, pretending like they're healthy. And they got all kinds of wounds from high school, college, and you know, junior high when they started experimenting and all kinds of crazy stuff buried down in there. And listen, the Father is not ashamed to go in there like a perfect high priest and deal with your junk. Do not be ashamed of your deliverance. Listen, it's not ugly. Deliverance is not ugly. Deliverance is beautiful. It's beautiful. We think it's ugly because we're ashamed of what we allowed into our own hearts. 
we get beat up by demons when we're getting delivered of demons. What is wrong with us? That's just crazy. You need to start seeing deliverance and birthing and layer upon layer of the onion coming off of your spirit as beautiful. Because that's how God the Father sees it. And if anyone sees otherwise, other than God the Father's vision, they're wrong and they're blind. God's ways are perfect ways. God's thoughts are perfect thoughts. God's vision is perfect vision. God is a perfect lover. He understands the curse of the fall better than anyone. He understands it better than Satan. He understands it better than everyone. God the Father loves raising the dead. God the Father let man and woman do whatever they want. God the Father let the angels do whatever they want. And they had to learn obedience through what they suffered. Adam and Eve learned obedience through what they suffered, that it is better to serve God than Satan. Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, light is better than darkness, it is written. Amen. We don't know that. We have mixture. If we fully knew that, we wouldn't have mixture, and we'd be birthing the fullness of God out of our bellies and through our brains, like Jesus Christ in Matthew 17, with His face revealing a sun. It says his face was so bright in the revealing of his spirit that his face became as the sun, even brighter than the noonday sun. What kind of God is this whose brightness shines within us brighter than the stars of the heavens? His name is your Father. He's the one working in you right now. He's the one planting His sacred spices in your womb. He's the one stirring up the fire and the embers of love to burn up your hearts and to heal your roots and to heal your hearts and to purify your hearts from all unrighteousness, to remove the shame, to remove the religion, to remove the condemnation, to remove all the record of wrongdoing, and to purge your conscience from all the death you've practiced while your conscience was seared while you didn't have revelation knowledge of the Father's ability through the new covenant of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus said it was the Father in Him doing all the works. The works of the new covenant are the Father. And the Father is brighter than the noonday sun working through you. The issue is, we don't want Him to see our dark places. We hide from the Father's light because we're scared of judgment. We're scared of punishment. Luke 15, younger prodigal son comes home to dad, thought he was going to be a slave. Thought he was going to be a slave. Even the slaves at my father's house have it better than me right now, eating out of the pig troughs, he said. And he goes home, instead of slavery, guess what he gets? A robe and sandals, a ring, and a crown. And he goes in and he gets a feast. He gets a feast. He killed the fattened calf. He killed the most expensive prized possession he had on his whole farm, Jesus Christ, so you could feast on his flesh, so you could feast on his blood, so you could be totally transfigured from the curse of the fall of all your rebellion in the pig trough of the earth, which is the valley of the shadow of death. Everything you've done in the shadows comes into the light as you feast on the flesh and blood of Jesus. And as you learn how to feast, you get over the shadows. The shadows will make you feel bad for everything you've done. They're called demons. But when you feast, you don't feel bad anymore. You're like, what's why he died on the cross? I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna be beat up while I'm getting beat up. I'm gonna get healed while I'm feasting. I'm gonna stop feeling bad. I'm gonna understand what the realm of the demonic is trying to do to stop down my to shut down and slow down my transfiguration. I'm not gonna be intimidated by the liar. 
Satan is a liar and he doesn't want you to transfigure by feasting on the flesh and blood of Jesus. Too bad. We're going to obey God and not man. We're going to obey God and not Satan through people's carnal minds. The seat of Satan and the blasphemous throne of hell is the unrenewed mind that doesn't understand the ways of the Father yet. God bless them all because there's 99% of people in the world right now are like that. You know, it's, no one's condemned. It's just there's very little revelation of who the Father is as a priest and as a minister of love. Most people see Dad as a mean guy. We have to represent the Father perfectly as a priest, as a high priest, because that's who the Father is. The Father is perfect love. He's perfect light. He's not ashamed to work within you through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so that through the blood, the Father could work in you and perfect you in your spirit and in your soul and in your mind and in your body into the same wholeness as He is whole in heaven right now. That's why Jesus died. Jesus died so you would have access again to the Father. They didn't have access to the Father in the Old Covenant. Mm -mm. Fading glory. The New Covenant is completely different than the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, through the veil, through the torn flesh of Jesus, we now have access to the Father. The Father came in us when Jesus came in. It's true. Colossians 2.10, And you are made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached full spiritual stature. It is written, Amplified Classic. You've been filled with the Father at spiritual regeneration. He's not coming. He already came. He's in you. Now realize the glory. How do you realize the glory? you got to get into the Word. You have to eat the Word. And by eating the Word, I'm not talking about religious, beat yourself up, you didn't get your 15-minute daily devotional. I'm talking about big chunks of flesh off of the body of Christ. Christ is the Word. You need to see the Word as a feast. If it's a beat yourself up, spend time in your nose in your Bible, forced to read, that's just putting demons in you. You'll never be good enough if you do it like that. You need to see it as getting high and getting drunk. Jesus was called a drunkard and a glutton because he knew how to feast. If you don't know how to feast, everything's going to be works. Everything's going to be stressful. You'll never be good enough. It's always so hard. You'll be complaining all the time until you learn how to feast, get high, get drunk on the word and on the wine, the table of the Lord, the bread and wine of Melchizedek. That's the bread and that's the wine. That's the word and that's the spirit feasting on the flesh and blood of Jesus until you're so high and so drunk that you don't want anything in the world and the only thing you're consciously aware of is God the Father's glory beaming through you all the time. You're floating on a love cloud. Revelation 14, 14. And I saw one sitting on a cloud holding a sharp sickle wearing a gold crown. And that's where you're going, through the cloud of refinement this season to sit on top of the cloud, be carried by the cloud of glory. You go from glory to glory by revelation knowledge of the Word of God, by hearing the prophetic Word and saying, yes, in my spirit, I know that's the written Word. I know that's the truth. I can feel the Spirit confirming it. I know it's going to bear good fruit. I can feel the pleasure on it when you're talking. I can feel Eden on it, rivers of Eden's pleasure pouring out of you when you're ministering this best wine reserved for last. Amen. you got to feel it. It's all about your feelings getting completely burnt on the fire of God's love. I mean, think about it. The cinnamon, the calamus, this stuff will burn you. You ever got cinnamon in your eyes? You ever got cinnamon <laughs> on you before? I have. Man, that stuff burns. <clears throat> but the cinnamon of heaven burns spiritually. 
<laughs> you can trust the cinnamon, the saffron, the scented woods. Let's read it. Song of Songs 4, 13 and 14, Passion Translation. Your inward life is now sprouting, bringing forth fruit. What a beautiful paradise unfolds within you. When I'm near you, I smell aromas of the finest spice. For many clusters of my exquisite fruit now grow within your inner garden. Within your inner garden. In your belly. You should have a belly full of fire all the time. And if not, you're in the right place to get one. A belly full of fire. Finest spice, aromas, clusters, exquisite fruit growing in your inner garden. Here are the nine sacred spices. Pomegranates of passion. What does it mean? Pomegranate is taken from a word that means exalted. The temple pillars were adorned with pomegranates. 2. Henna from heaven. Henna comes from a root word for ransom, price, or redemption. The fruit of mercy is seen in his maturing bride. 3. Spikenard so sweet. The Hebrew word for spikenard means light. <laughs> she is walking in the light as he is in the light. Saffron shining. Saffron is the crocus, the lover's perfume. Costly and fragrant. Mm. Fragrant calamus from the cross. Calamus is taken from a marsh plant known as sweet flag, which produces fragrant oil. The Hebrew word for this spice means purchased or redeemed. Sacred cinnamon. Cinnamon emits a fragrance that is representative of an odor of holiness to the Lord. It was used in the sacred anointing oil of the priests and the tabernacle. Branches of scented woods. Mm. This is the incense that would be burned on the golden altar in the holy place. Whew. Myrrh like tears from a tree. Known as tears from a tree, myrrh was a resin spice formed by cutting a tree. It is a picture of the suffering love of Christ dripping down from Calvary's tree. <sighs> Lastly, number nine, aloe as eagles ascending. Aloe is considered by many as a healing balm. The presence of the Lord within her is released as a healing balm to those she touches. Jesus' robes smelled of aloe vera, Psalms 45, verse 8. One of the names used by some for aloe is eaglewood. <laughs> like eagles, we fly above our wounds, free from the past as we walk in intimacy with Him. Amen. So you take those nine sacred spices, you take those nine things of the Garden of Eden, and you put them right inside your spirit. And it's in the Word mixed with the Spirit that your heart receives it and cultivates that reality of the third heaven in your own belly. And it burns up through your heart and comes out your face, and that's what transfigures the natural dimension. It's the sacred anointing oil of divine love burning in your bellies 
like a cauldron of fire that erupts like a volcano of molten lava out your faces. That's what will melt the mountains with fervent heat. That's what will melt the elements with fervent heat. That's what will dissolve the stars of the heaven, Remphan. That's what will melt down the tabernacle of Molech and all divisions of all nations, tribes, and tongues. God said, unite the families to me. I mean, 10 years ago was their mandate. I was like, I don't know how to do that. My God, persecution so bad. Crazy talk, God. Everything God's ever told me has sounded completely insane. I don't think I've ever heard him say one rational thing to me my entire life. Truth anyhow. He said, unite the tribes. How are we going to... You have to come into this love realm. You have to burn at Father God's level of fire. You need to cultivate everything that's in the Word inside your own spirit and become a human blowtorch through your face with lasers. You need to be walking in the power of the age to come. And listen, this isn't stuff you have to do. This is something, it's so fun and thrilling. Who wants to feel that good? Like their face is exploding brighter than the noonday sun with pleasure. The glory is pleasure. Eden is pleasure. These spices grow in Eden. Eden means pleasure. Father's pleasure is everything every man and woman in the world is looking for and vacations, and, and all the stuff that they do, and the pleasure. I mean, it's a trillion dollar market worldwide. It's more than that, but I, I hate exaggeration. It's a trillion dollar market, the pleasuring each other, pleasuring yourself. Pleasure is the, what everyone's looking for. Pleasure is the meaning of life. And religion says deny yourself pleasure, and then they're all full of secret sin, and Satan uses demons to beat him up, making him feel condemned all the time. The issue is, Jesus Christ told the Pharisees, they block the people from entering the kingdom, from entering the pleasure, from being pleasured on God, being high on these nine spices. Listen, when you have a sun beaming through your face, you're going to feel physically higher than all the heroin addicts in the world combined. There's just no doubt about it. The issue is, is you don't have faith for it. You don't believe the Bible's true. You're not experiencing it yourself, but it's the truth anyway. God said, let his word be the truth and every man a liar. The intoxication of his presence is far superior than any sin in the world. And as you experience that pleasure, you repent and it falls off of you and you rise in eagles ascending. That's how you get healed. The nine, the nine spices, you know, you call them the nine fruits of the Spirit, but God's not speaking to me about fruits of the Spirit this season. He's speaking to me about the nine spices of Song of Songs because that's how every man and woman enters the Garden of Eden. This is the exodus for us to enter the Garden of Eden. You are rising up into the Garden of Eden and you're being daily tested to pour out your bowls of soup, Esau's porridge, the pleasures of this world, the success of this world, the garbage and the, the, the vanity of this world for eternal pleasure and eternal rewards, storing up riches in heaven. Come on, somebody. Amen. Going from glory to glory and then underneath you, everything gets added with mountains of rubies, mountains of emeralds, mountains of diamonds, and silver and gold consecrated to the Lord. will all be added over unto the overcomers. Added unto the overcomers. It is written. It's important. The whole world will be added unto those who sacrifice the whole world out of their hearts. Clearly written in the scriptures. The issue is, is we haven't got the world out of our hearts. We don't drink enough. We think too much and we don't drink enough. More drinking, less thinking. 
You have to drink in order to go to the next level of glory, and you'll feel the resistance in your brain says that's enough. Or we don't even know how to drink, we haven't even entered the glory. We haven't even drank the fountain of life or the river of life or the springs of life and we don't even know what drinking is and we're like barely even fire insurance saved out of court level Christianity. And so we come to the waters and we drink and we enter the glory and once we're drinking and in the glory, then we go from glory to glory and that's when you really start to get tested by the fallen angels taking the celestial realm. There's a terrestrial deliverance, which the outer court even knows about, but now there's a celestial deliverance that only the inner court and the holy place people know about. <laughs> you can be delivered from the natural realm. That doesn't mean you're delivered from the heavens. And you've seen that 99% of all Christians that's ever lived. They've had some breakthrough in the terrestrial realm, but have you seen them ascend into the heavens and become God the Father in the fullness of His power? Thrones in the Father's house, Isaiah 22:23. You shall be a throne of honor and glory in the Father's house forever. It is written. So have you taken your throne in the heavenly realm yet? Or is it still just a terrestrial existence for you? That's what the glory does. The glory raises you from the dead. The glory raises you from the terrestrial dead, which are called demons, and then the glory keeps lifting you up from the celestial dead, which are called fallen angels. Two completely different systems. Terrestrial deliverance and celestial deliverance. And there are many of us right now at the sound of my voice that are exiting the last stage of celestial deliverance of the top of the second heavens and pouring out the bowl of soup of the whole world offered to them by Satan to enter Eden and to walk with Father perfectly in the Garden of Eden. And that's what we pray every single one of you do. Continue to sacrifice all and go from glory to glory in all terrestrial and celestial deliverance by the springs of the glory of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ through your hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redletterman.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.